Yo, 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 what is up, everyone? That was How Did We Get Here from Rochester, New York's Vanishing Sun. Zahaya Roll, lead singer, songwriter, diva of Vanishing Sun. She is our guest on the show today. Really excited about this good show. Um, just wanted to let you know we did have some latency issues some freezing so the audio quality isn't as good as i'd like it to be at times it happens that's part of what happens when you do things over zoom um so wanted to let you know about that but other than that this is a great interview listening party with tons of music and i want to tell you guys about the new fee i instated some of you might know about it some of you don't but uh, obviously this podcast is a is a labor of love it's a lot of work i actually take a lot of money out of my pocket uh, to to get it done invest a lot of time energy and money to bring the rochester groovecast to you guys that is why i am instating a fee if you listen to the podcast if you get value from it if you enjoy it share it Direct message someone and explain to them why you like it. Send them a direct message, share it, like it. And that's the number one thing you can do to help this podcast spread the word. Uh, and obviously, uh, leave me any comments or messages or uh, do whatever you can to keep in touch. That's my fee. Real simple. <laughs> now let's get going with uh, me and Zahaya Roll. Welcome to the Rochester Groovecast podcast, your top source for live, local, regional music interviews and events from Rochester, New York, and the surrounding area. I am your host, Ben Albert, and I am super excited, very humbled to have Zahaya here on the show. How are we doing today, Zahaya? What's going on? I, I will tell you, at this moment, I'm feeling good. But not so much this morning, <laughs> not so much yesterday, but today, like right now. So I'm enjoying the moment with you and, and uh, yeah, good right now. <laughs> um, I'm with you. You know, full disclosure, I've been going in and out of, you know, emotional states where with everything going on, it's hard not to get a little bit depressed and rethink, you know, what's going on with reality right now? What can we do? So I'm with you, but I I get excited for conversations like this because I've seen you on stage, you know, with Vanishing Sun, great, great band and great yeah. stage presence. It's fun to watch you play, but we haven't really, uh, you know, got down to the nitty gritty and talked about, you know, the life is a highest. So conversations like this is fun. So uh, I'm excited for this episode. Yeah. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, to get started, ultimately, you know, a lot's happened starting with coronavirus and a lot has changed in the music industry. What What have you been doing that's been a little bit different than life six months ago aside from the fact that we can tour we can't you know play live shows um has there any been collabs projects or anything new in your life uh 
since the coronavirus came about? Yeah, um, I do have a couple of collab uh, projects on the table. Honestly, uh, I went through, I did go through a phase where I was like, this transition is probably the biggest that I've ever had to do in my life because I love like chaos of I love chaos in my activities. So I'm just like, go, 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 you know, no sleep, go, go, go. And this really forced me to sit down. <laughs> so at first, uh, when this whole thing started, I, I took, I did take that time and I just sat and then I started gardening because I'm a dork and I like the dirt. <laughs> so, but now, um, I'm finding that that creative energy is starting to come back. And really it's like the sadness and angst and anger that I had that's kind of driving this new wave of creativity for me. So I'm really excited to dive in with a, a couple of co collab projects that I'm working on. And yeah, it'll be good stuff. <laughs> I'm, I'm excited. I'm curious. So when you say gardening, is it a community garden or is it in your uh, home? In your no, it's in yeah, it's in my backyard. I, I, um, I have, I'm really excited. Okay, please don't tune out. Like, people are going to get bored. But no, for real, like, I got Brussels sprouts. I got kale. I got some basil, some coriander, because I love coriander. So, yeah, in my garden. Oh, and acorn squash. Mm. So, yeah. <laughs> so you're not just, you're just not gardening, you know, flowers that are going to look pretty. You're actually... You've got some food. <laughs> You've got yeah. some good stuff. Yeah, like like real talk, I was kind of, when this all started, I was like, oh, man, we got to prepare for the apocalypse. We better start gardening. I'm going to get a goat and a chicken. <laughs> I was tripping. I ain't going to lie. But um, I, the gardening has been therapeutic for me, so that's working out. <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, I've been saying all the time, you know, nature's therapeutic and that's what you're doing. You're creating life in your garden. Um, you also said yeah. you've got some projects that are in the works. Do you want to name drop, you know, some of the things that we're going to see in the near future? Yeah, um, well, hopefully you'll see it in the near future. I uh, These are people basically who um, they had projects and they reached out to me. And so I'm. Uh, excited to really dive in with them. Um, one is Joe, Joe from Sideways. Uh, he sent me a track that I'm a write to. So and that one, I'm actually just going to rap on it. So that'll be that'll be really fun to just do like a full second verse of just straight hip hop. And um, I'm always pulling Lewis's ear, Lewis Carrion, for stuff. Um, and I did re recently reach out to Avis from. Um, Daniel Ponder, Ponder's keyboard player to see if she'd be interested in doing some work together. So, yeah. And I, I just started writing the song that I'm hoping Avis will jump in on for that. So, yeah. Couple things there. I'm excited. Uh, everyone you mentioned is a great musician. Um, and I love the collabs. One thing that I love about Rochester is all the great musicians that collaborate with each other. They support one another. We've seen live large events where, you know, 20, 30 people get on stage on one event covering, you know, idols. And I'm curious, has there been a, a favorite collaboration you've done in the past? And as a, like a, as a side, uh, as a, a second question, 
any collabs that you'd love to do in the future that haven't came to fruition yet? Ooh, I love this question. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I I did a a collab with Alan Murphy from Mighty High and Dry. Um, We did a song called Little Red Dress, and that one I I just even from like the beginning process of of we wrote the song together, and I feel like that was um, I don't know it was just it was just really a great experience from start to finish with writing with Alan. He's just a really great, uh, just a kind person in general and, and open-minded. So it was really cool to work with him and hmm, super collab. I honestly would love to get all of my favorite black female vocalists together for a song, a, a track like, I really love, um, there's some people who aren't that well known in Rochester, female vocalists that I, I really uh, admire and think are amazing. Um, and I'd love to, like Renee Anderson is, is one. I don't know how many people are familiar with her now, but um, she's really amazing. Cinnamon Jones, Daniel Ponder. Like, I'd just love to be on a track with all of them. I think that'd be super dope. Wow, Yeah. <laughs> I, I think you maybe you just planted a seed in that garden because that that's like <laughs> absolutely incredible. Um, yeah. All all the Rochester yeah. divas. Going it is universal. Absolutely. Um, I always like to look to you know mentors and influences because one thing I've learned is. Nobody can do it all on their own. You got to mimic people that you respect. And there's people that play that positive role in your life um, that kind of send you on that journey. So I'm curious if there's anybody in your life, whether it's an influence from afar, like when you were a kid, seeing them on a stage, or maybe a direct mentor or music teacher that kind of played a role in your life and in your career development. Uh, yeah. My dad, honestly, he was number one. He, um, I, I looked up to him. I still look up to him. He's an amazing musician. Uh, he, he had a composition degree from Berkeley School of Music, and mm-hmm. he started teaching me piano when I was like five years old. He taught me the keys and, and just been a major force ever since. I still call him for advice, and every, every time I write a song, I send it to my dad and I'm like, yo, dad, <laughs> what do you think of this? <laughs> Those drums need to work, Zahaya. <laughs> <laughs> He's real with me. <laughs> my God. That, that's a good thing, though. Someone who's going to give it to you straight. Um, I've heard, you know, when everybody says, oh, it was good. It was good. I like it. That's actually a bad sign. You want people to give you the, I don't know about this advice or the, this is the best thing I've ever heard advice, you know? So he, he gives it to you straight. Yeah. Yeah, he does. He, yeah. And he gave me a lot of great tips along the way, even with, um, and then kind of just made me jump into things. I, um, I think all of the knowledge that I have just with DAW software of, uh, you know, composing with, um, Electro, I don't know, for people who aren't familiar, it's like a digital sequencing software where you can write all of your tracks. Uh, 
the whole reason why I even have knowledge with that and I'm able to jump onto different platforms is because of my father because he really kind of drilled it into me with like a basic four track like back in the I don't know if you remember four tracks but back in the <laughs> days you know just learning how to bounce down and things like that and those basic skills have brought me all the way through yeah taking those basic skills the the essentials I, I kind of want to take the, the two ideas and mash them together, you know, collabs, which is something that um, I love your ambition with the collaborations mixed with, you know, mentorship and other musicians. Now, if you could collaborate with anyone on earth and I'm going to open it wide up to, to let you kind of just, you know, spit, spitball a little bit, anyone on earth, past current uh, live or dead live or dead uh, <laughs> <laughs> um oh man prince mm. for sure i i listen to prince and i get sad about my uh, inabilities <laughs> <laughs> to be as amazing <laughs> like, yeah prince for sure i absolutely love Janelle Monet. Um, just her ability to, I love how she transcends genres. She transcends everything. And that's really something that I admire when people can do that. And, you know, um, I can't, I don't know about any other living ones, I think, except for Stevie Wonder, but I feel like who doesn't want to collab with Stevie Wonder? <laughs> And hmm, those would be my top three. I love it. It sounds it sounds great. It sounds amazing. <laughs> um, and we're not there yet, but the sky's the limit. You know, I'd love to see you on the big stage playing with some of these big name people. But there's obviously tons of local artists that you've played with and live venues you've been to. Uh, with Vanishing Sun and all your projects, do you have any like super proud moments, like moments when you were on stage with a band or, or at a specific venue that you're just like, shoot, like this is all worth it. Like I can see why I'm doing this as a career, you know? Yeah, absolutely. You know, my one of my favorite recent on stage moments was uh with vanishing sun we had a gig at this like back of the woods like, um hippie camp festival i can't remember the name of the festival but we had to literally drive on this dirt road to get to the stage that the the was built specifically like in a weekend or something for bands to perform on and there were probably only about i don't know 10 people in the crowd when we got up there but my my whole philosophy is is that I don't care if there's like one person or there's 5,000 people I'm gonna give a thousand percent of what I have uh, you know just put it out there when I'm on stage and that's just my vibe and um, so there were like 10 people and we were we played cloud nine which is on our second album and when literally when we're on that stage together 
I, I looked at Quinn and he took like this killer solo and the song ended up going like 10 minutes and we were all like really in the zone. It was like next level spiritual zone. And it felt, I, I, if I'm honest, totally honest, that moment on stage felt orgasmic. It was like, just, I, I can't explain it of where we were when we were we were together like that musically and I think I wasn't even singing at that point it was just like you know where everybody was and at the end like we finished the last note and I'm like out of breath because I was jumping all over the place and Quinn was like looked around at everybody he's like thank you for that (laughs) and anybody who knows Quinn like it takes a lot to get him to smile but (laughs) he, he was smiling like we're all feeling good and we're like it doesn't matter that there were 10 people like we just felt good about that moment and what we did and and I try to really push for that every time I'm on stage I'm just like I'm gonna act like this is the last time I'm ever here and just give it everything a lot of a lot of gratitude for that that's an awesome moment and obviously that would have never been possible if you and the band were treating it like a just like a practice or a, ah, there's not that many people here. Who cares? Um, obviously, there's a lot of passion in your music there. I remember, um, so I've seen you guys numerous times, and I remember you played the Jazz Festival. Um, I believe it's called the, the Fusion Tent, that little corner tent that packs in real good. <laughs> yeah. And um, that was a great night for you guys it was you know pretty much a full house the energy was high do you find that there's a difference between those sold out shows versus the smaller shows or you're pretty much consistent across the board no matter what yeah i i definitely will put in as much energy no matter what but i will say it's easier when there's a full house, um, like you automatically get this sense of reciprocity between like the, like your, the band and the crowd. That's really, really wonderful. Uh, so yeah, large crowds make it a little easier. And when it's a smaller crowd, you definitely have to like dig deep. You know, or I feel like have big deal. You know what? This they deserve it. It's like that kind of attitude. I go into it and just you know, and eventually it it, it levels out and it feels just as if there were five thousand people there, you know, even if there's five. So mm-hmm. it just takes a minute. <laughs> no, I love it. And with with music like yours, it doesn't matter if there's five, five hundred, five thousand. You're going to get people moving. You're going to get them feeling good. I, I want to talk a little bit about your music and the songwriting. So um, let's, uh, let's toss on a song. Um, how does 64 sound? Yeah, let's do it. Awesome. Here's 64 by Vanishing Sun. Oh, 
That's what's up. <laughs> am I am I supposed to like ask you questions and stuff? I just kind of want to jam now. <laughs> I see Phil jamming there. That's Phil. <laughs> Phil Glass. Phil Glass is here on. Yeah, that song. Jamming his ass off. What, what were you saying? Zahaya, you were saying something about that song? Um, 
Well, aside from the fact that I love when Phil shows up. Oh, yeah. Can you hear me okay? Yeah, I can hear you. Can you hear me okay? Oh, okay. (laughs) I'm like... Um, Yeah, no, that song, uh, in all honesty, um, it was originally a slow song. I had, uh, and I started writing that song on a ukulele of all things, because I was like, <laughs> um, feeling ukulele for a minute. And, um, I brought, I, I took it to a uh, band rehearsal and I was just like, yeah, you know, um, I got this song. It was, I initially had it as a slow song, but I really feel like it should be a jammer now. Like, mm. and so we took it and we're like, we need another drum and bass song. So we're like, all right, it's drum and bass. And, and then it all started, it came together into this, like, jammer <laughs> yeah no it, it's a it's a jammer well what's 64 ways to break my what was it slash yeah. slash my four ways slash my ego yes <laughs> says okay that's the other thing so the lyrics for that song were inspired uh by this venue which i will not name um because they still exist uh, in some cities, not in ours. I probably gave away too much already. But um, we did a gig at this venue, and we had like a pretty pretty decent-sized crowd there, probably about, I don't know, 100 people. And um, at the end of the night, they gave us a check for the whole band, and it was $64. And we were like, wait, <laughs> I thought we got the door. And they were like, yeah, there's a door, but you have to pay the sound engineer and you have to pay the, so they took all this stuff out of our, out of what, you know, we were supposed $64 for the whole band to, to divide amongst ourselves. And we were just like, and Ian was just like, you know what, I'm not even cashing this check. And he literally got it framed and it's sitting in our, in his basement of the 60 this check for $64 <laughs> and and we were just like it's just like a symbol though you know it's like this this of how you know just an example like what I'm talking about like we put um and I'm not the only one who does this as a musician where you put you know, hundred percent into your craft and then you get on stage and you put all your sweat and you're like exposing your your original music and like you're exposing your nakedness to the audience of of who you are and then you know there's and then that's worth 64 dollars like really really okay you know and so it's like uh so that's really what the song is about it's just like um like we need to change that narrative we need to you know pay that respect to all of the original musicians and original artists who are really putting themselves out there and expressing that creativity in ways that a lot of people are not able to do publicly and because that takes courage in itself so that's really what 64 is about yeah that's that's powerful and um Shout out to all the businesses. I'm going to shout out Three Heads Brewing and Jeff Dale. Yeah. All the businesses yeah. that, you know, treat musicians incredibly well because you you playing there. Now, obviously, we live in a whole capitalist society and there's lots of music and there's cover charges and you got to pay the sound guy, this and that. But 
the experience you're giving the people in that audience is invaluable. You know, it's something that could be worth a million dollars for someone. It could be worth a lot to somebody. And um, that's why I think musicians should be paid better. And I honestly think people should pay more for covers. But that's hilarious that you could bring in a hundred people and at the end of the, the conversation, you just made it $64 above even? Yeah. Like, what's up with yeah. that? That was it. <laughs> All we were worth <laughs> to, to that owner. But, okay. but like you said, like there's, there are venues in Rochester that are completely supportive of original music and, and really have, been, have had our backs and have been wonderful to work with. So. No, so I'm always curious. Uh, I'm not a big tech junkie, but I, I like to find ways to, you know, better myself on a budget, we'll just say, in many different ways. Now, let's say you had, you had that $64, you cashed that check, maybe you had 100 a little bit more. Are there any, like, super worthwhile invested uh, investments you've made in your career whether it's music equipment, tech equipment, or just like hobbies or something fun, anything that you could buy for $100 or less that um, you find super worthwhile for someone that's beginning and doesn't want to drop, you know, $1,000 on a guitar, or this or that, any small investments you've made that have really kind of rock and rolled? Um, a music theory book. <laughs> In all honesty, right. <laughs> yeah, a music theory book and a ukulele. Uh, ukuleles are cheap and they're so easy to start playing on. Like you know, especially if you if you're a novice, I think like that's a perfect way to start. I'm with you. They're cute as hell too. I don't care if you're a guy, a gal. I don't care if you're young or old ukuleles they're adorable and they're fun and they're soft i'm with you with that yeah. they're portable they're portable yeah you feeling down here's my ukulele <laughs> i'm i'm digressing i'm digressing but have you guys had to take a a plane ride with a lot of gear because i mean airports are a pain in the rear end have you ever had to do that yourself before that's why I'm a singer. <laughs> <laughs> you could take your ukulele, have, but that's about it. Yeah. And I literally, like, I have, a, I, I do have microphones that I prefer to, to sing in. So, so, like, if I show up to something, it's a gig, it's usually with my microphone and my little, like, effects processor if I'm going to use that, and that's it. <laughs> I love it. Um, I'm thinking of ukuleles. I'm thinking of simplicity. I don't know. I'm I'm thinking of childhood when you first pick up an instrument and start learning it. Something simple, something small. I had a crappy guitar that I broke when I was younger. Um, do you have any, you know, childhood memories? Obviously, you mentioned your father played a pivotal role in your love for music and your understanding of the theory and your growth. Do you, do you have any additional childhood memories with music that were kind of like aha moments where you, 
you know, you just lit up like a Christmas tree or you just knew that was something you wanted to do? Yeah. Um, it was so I had to be in like sixth or seventh grade. My dad dropped, he took us down the Sam Ash music store in New York City. We, we lived kind of close to New York City. And he took us down there and, and he purchased all this, all this gear. He got a Casio keyboard and a, a MC500 sequencer and a Tascam four track recorder. And he sat me down with these things and he was like, you learn how to do this and you'll be good. And um, he showed me how to do stuff. Oh, he had a TR-909 drum machine and like a, a, a Three, I think it was a 360 sub bass uh, sampler. Anyway, all these different gears here, and he showed me how to build a song, and you know, kind of telling the importance of the hook, as, as we always call it. And I, my first time that I actually did a whole song from start to finish, I did. I laid down a drum track. I I laid down a bass line and the keyboards and I added strings to it. And then I took that Tascam and actually recorded my vocals uh, on it. And I played it for my dad. I was like, yeah, look what I did. Look what I did. I was so excited. And um, yeah, that was really like, uh, he was proud of me. He was like, see, you can do this. You can do this. He's like, you keep practicing, you'll get better. And like, that was true. I was like, and that's what I did. And I remember, um, through high school, as I got older, um, I remember spending weekends uh, of just like like Friday after school all the way until Sunday evening, just locked in the space that my dad had this gear and just getting mad because I had to eat or getting mad because I was like, oh, I got to go to bed. And like, you know, I was so into it. And um, yeah, I, I knew I couldn't look, look away from music. I had to do it full time. That's amazing. You you starved yourself for music. Yeah, I did. <laughs> Literally. Literally. Now, um, I I love the I love Vanishing Sun. I love the music. I want to pop on another track, but you've got to correct my ignorance here because Decepticon. 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 Yeah. But you got a two in there. Yeah, yeah, because I think this, yeah, just for fun, <laughs> just because. <laughs> I love it, Decepticon. I want to pop. I want to pop that tra- track on, but um, any words before we listen to it? Anything that I should be listening for? Any um, feedback for listeners at home? Um. I'd say this one is, yeah, in all honesty, this one's talking about the dating world. I'm using like a bunch of analogies mm-hmm. and I'm talking about the date, about dating. And it's something that I'm personally pe- like petrified to ever do. And probably will just stay married because I don't want to ever date. <laughs> <laughs> like, shout out to all those dating warriors. Like much, much, much love to y'all. <laughs> And yeah, it's a funky groove, pretty much it on that one. 
Awesome. I'm going to and and shout out to the dating warriors because with anybody listening to this 2 3 1 5 10 years from now we we have a virus going on and there's a lot of uncertainty there. It's really not a good time to be dating. <laughs> so Yeah. Not at all. It's bad. Anyways, this is um Decepticon by Vanishing Sun. Jeez. 
much fun this is uh about when zahaya's cam froze up we had some some internet issues so we actually um had to figure that out and we played another song so i'm gonna go straight into another vanishing song track uh, another blazer this is five second rule by vanishing sun five second rule by vanishing sun
hoping it's better now. <laughs> yeah, we had some technical difficulties, as I'm sure some people heard and or saw. I kind of like the the robotic Zahaya, though. It was kind of like... <laughs> It was like robotic where it, it's, you you know, King of the Hill, Boomhauer? No. <laughs> well, so King of the Hill is a show that I was obsessed with when I was a kid. And Boomhauer is just mumbling all the time. I don't to talk about it. He like proposed to his wife and he's all like, I love you. Like whole gibberish. And it was like the, it was kind of like that, you know, it was, I could understand some of it and the rest of it was just, and that's just, you know, the internet, you know, I'm what they're saying 5G. They're saying all these things. They can't even get the internet to work as is. What's going on? Yeah, you know, and what makes this what makes this even sadder is I've got green light. <laughs> so I'm like, what? <laughs> You've got green light? Yeah. Like, so why? <laughs> so many, so many people are jealous of you, and now they're wondering what's going on. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> it, it's all good, though. It, it's fun. It's fun. Uh, I, I like listening to Vanishing Sun. I like hearing the tracks. Um, we got to give a shout out to Vanishing Sun and talk about that band a little bit. Um, I wasn't there for it. I knew about it. I believe it sold out. I have no excuses, but I didn't make it. But you guys did like a. Uh, new album laser light show thing what, what what was that that went on yeah so um this was the brainchild of ian um our keyboard player he um was very inspired to write all the music for a planetarium show and it was a collaboration with the rochester science planetarium um that it, it actually was supposed to happen in March, but then COVID hit and we, they never got to do the show. That's why. Um, it was going to be all instrumental. So actually Quinn, our saxophone player and I, we weren't on that project for it, but yeah, oh, wow. it was, they, they put in a ton of hours of work into that and, and writing all new material for it. So it's kind of, um, you know, it's a, it's a big downer that we didn't actually, or the guys didn't actually get to do that show. But hope for the future. So, you know, when this is all over, I'm sure we'll, it'll see the light of day. Absolutely. And that's why I missed it. I knew it was, I, I, I had no excuses, but I guess the excuse was I couldn't go. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> but you've recorded two albums with vanishing yeah. sun right and how was that experience working with those guys and and what's some of your inspiration there yeah um it, it was really a I, I think I, I think we're most proud of the second album that we all recorded together um it was just the way that it all the music all came together and um we 
we basically rehearsed and rehearsed and then we went into the studio and just knocked it out with just one day of recording and then like a couple of You do. The the uh, most lovely robot we've ever heard. Uh, <laughs> Boo. <laughs> yeah, um yeah, re- recording with the guys was, was amazing. We had a lot of fun, really. Um we we went into the studio last January and um I don't know if you heard caught it. We recorded everything within a day and and went back two other days after that for touch ups and stuff. Um but uh yeah, then I will say I think the writing process was the most fun. Um the the last track that you just played, that five second rule, mm. I gotta give a shout out to our, our bass player Lewis, Lewis Carion, because that was actually his song that he put together just as like a, a Instagram loop and he brought it to rehearsal one day after like some of the guys had gone home and it was me, Lewis and Tommy and uh, Lewis was like, Hey, do you guys want to try this song? And we're like, yeah. And so I literally, we, we had just finished talking about this book that Lewis read called five second rule. And we're like, let's write a book. Let's write a song about that book. So that was like where the lyrics came from. And I literally within like whatever came to my head within those first five seconds, I just started writing it down and we wrote the the first half of that song um, spontaneously in mm. Tommy's basement after rehearsal. So a lot of fun. No, that's amazing. The way yeah. things come out of nowhere. Do you, do you know personally what that book five second rule is about? Yeah, it's about just jumping on things. Like whenever, if you have an idea and you're inspired by that idea, don't sit on it. Like five seconds, just jump on it. If you've waited more than five seconds, you've waited too long. It, um, just when that inspiration hits, just go with it. And yeah, that's really what, what the in- book overall was about. No, it's it, it's incredibly wise. I've... I've heard that for, I've heard the five second rule for a lot of things. Obviously, you know, you make an excuse, you drop some food on the ground, (laughs) say five second rule and you eat the food. But at the same time, like, let's say you're just at a show and there's a musician that, you know, you look up to and they're available for a second because, you know, they're super busy you have five seconds to, you know, walk up and give some appreciation or you're going to be that weird person staring at them. So there, there's a lot of different scenarios, you know. You got five seconds to make a move or else you're kind of just lost in the sauce, kind of looking around. Um, I, uh, I want to chat more. I want to do a, a follow-up in person when that's possible because I want to dive even deeper. Uh, But obviously with the virus and everything, it's been a little bit different. Um, 
there is a song, there 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 is a question that I ask everyone, and whether it's a, a song lyric or a quote from the past or something that hasn't been you know put out before, if you had a billboard on the side of the road that you know you knew that millions of people would see, you knew that it would reach people young and old, you knew that it would reach you know reach people black and white and you know all ethnicities and all ages and all characters and all all personalities you know so obviously you don't want to say something that's vulgar not that you would in the first place but if you could control that billboard on the side of the road what would you say as a message to the world and why yeah you know depending on how i wake up in the morning that answer would be different <laughs> in all honesty. <laughs> but I will say, <laughs> Phil, is, Phil is killing me. He's so hilarious. I miss you. I miss you, Phil. <laughs> but I'd say, like, um, I, I, I'm debating between two different ones, I'll be honest with you. But I'm going to go with today just because of what's going on in the world. I'm going to say love Black people just as much as you love black culture. That would be my billboard. I love it. And, and it's so true and so necessary in this day and age. Uh, I'm curious, you were debating between the two. Can, yeah. we, hear this, can we hear the second one? Because I'm sure it's, it's great. Yeah. The second one is actually a quote from Baha'u'llah. And it says, so powerful is the light of unity that it can illumine the whole earth. That's my second one. I think it's a, I think it's a combo. Yeah. They both work yeah. together in unison. Um, any thoughts on what's going on? Obviously, there's millions of people that are coming together to support, you know, black people and their right and, and their, you know, Everyone knows that, you know, African-Americans have, have been mistreated and some people are ignorant to it or try to avoid the conversation or pretend it's not true, but it's a truth. And, right. and millions of people are supporting Black Lives Matter in numerous ways, controversial or not. Any thoughts on what's going on right now? And, you know, as a white male, personally, a white Ashkenazi Jewish male that has had a simple life with a middle class family and honestly doesn't understand black culture as well as I should and as well as I understand the music. Any advice for me? Black people, white people, and everything. Uh, th what what should we do in this day and age? What what can we do to help? Yeah, you know, um, there is so much. This is such a a deep rooted issue, and part of the. I mean, we're we're basically. It's almost like humanity as a whole. And I'm so grateful that we're finally having these kind of conversations where we're looking at dismantling this um, monstrous uh, system that's been put in place that has really 
marginalized so many. Um, I honestly have thought about specific laws that can be passed or, or that we can all like lobby towards. And even if I, even when I think about that, it's just so many that we'd have to put in place in order to really have justice served properly so that there's equity uh, for black and brown Americans. And, and because it's so overwhelming, the biggest thing that I, the simplest thing that I think people can do is really truly be friends with somebody who is not of your culture. Really truly know somebody, learn their stories, learn like friendship. It's really like basic friendship. We get so comfortable in our little social bubbles with people who look like us and think like us. And, you know, that's who we come, we do all of our, our fellowship with. But really what we need to do is reach beyond that. We need to go out and and be uncomfortable, put yourself in uncomfortable situations and and learn how to be comfortable in discomfort in order to normalize those situations and really learn from each other. I'm with you and I, I support it entirely. It, you've got to step out of your comfort zone to grow. That's the truth. Yeah. Um, whether it's personal development in your career, your music career, your friendships, and currently, most importantly, in your understanding of the reality of our culture and our social contract that's being broken and the support of African Americans as your brothers and sisters. Um, Sahaya, thank you for coming on the show. Um, love your work with Vanishing Sun. Love everything you do. Um, how do people keep in touch with you? What are the best methods to, to follow up? Yeah, um, you can follow me on Facebook at just Zahaya, or I'm on Instagram. My handle is the va dot high dot ya doing. <laughs> so you can follow me there. <laughs> Perfect, and thanks for coming on. Support Zahaya's support Vanishing Sun. Support all your local musicians here in Rochester. It's a crazy world out there right now, but with love and support, I know we're going to bring this together. And I'm envisioning three, I'm envisioning one optimistically, but three to five years from now being a completely better society with a completely stronger core. And um, it all starts internally you got to support your community you got to support your leaders and uh support musicians like zahaya and her band so uh thanks again for coming on i've, I've really had fun with you yeah thanks for having me absolutely absolutely and thanks everybody to listening
finish off this podcast, what really became more than just a conversation, but a great listening party with one more track by Vanishing Shun. Vanishing Shun. Oh my gosh. Can you tell I've had a long day? One more track by Vanishing Sun. This is Foul Soul Child. Foul Soul Child by Vanishing Sun. Thank you, everyone. Thanks for listening and keep on grooving. Need to 